And I feel like a lot of people through COVID have lost their routine and rituals a little bit. Yes. And the self-care slipped. Well, they just got so overwhelmed with emotion and the like thoughts and limiting beliefs and the fear factor that that was driving them. And what happens when we get into that high cortisol state, that fight flight state, is we don't think properly. Mm. The tools that we usually would go to when perhaps we are feeling stressed, we forget quite often. Yes. Because we're trying to survive all the time. I'm glad you're mentioning that in particular in this podcast because a lot of people listening have lost their jobs and they are in survival mode um, or they're feeling very fearful for their careers. I have clients that haven't really lost their jobs yet, but they can see it coming yeah. or they uh, have reached an age where they you know, feel that a, a career transition is overdue. So that anxiety and stress can really cloud your judgment and they may be incredibly prepared but when they reach the point where they go for an interview that stress overflows Renata Bernardi, and this is the Job Hunting Podcast, where I interview experts and professionals and discuss issues that are important for job hunters and those who are working to advance their careers. So make sure that you subscribe and follow, and let's dive right in. Ilana Kozakovic is one of Australia's leading kinesiologists, energy coaches, yoga and meditation teachers. But her professional life started very differently. Originally from Gippsland, Australia, she started as an admin intern in a large energy corporation while studying to become an accountant and CPA. After struggling with her health and the work burnout, she took a long break from her corporate job and started a transition into a brand new career. I love this interview with Ilana because although we have had interviews here on career changes before, this career change that she has done is really a 180 degree change. And I am delighted to discuss that with her and for you to be a fly on the wall. Not only she really did a big pivot, but she also uh, became, like me, a solo entrepreneur. So she's not in the corporate sector anymore. And that is, in fact, how we met. We both have services that we have started offering face-to-face -face and then online on a one-on-one -on -one basis. And we're both now scaling them so that we can offer our services to a larger number of people. Ilana has a membership service to her kinesiology and well-being practice, mindfulness and so on, which I think is very suitable for that type of offering because you really want that to be an ongoing subscription, an ongoing part of your routine. So as you know, for example, I love my mindset um, app and I can't live without it. So I have a subscription to it. Um, whereas I need to um, develop my coaching into an online and digital delivery via, for example, group coaching programs and on-demand programs so that when people need it, when they find themselves in a pickle without a job or in career transition or through outplacement, that they can 
quickly access what they need from me at a range of prices. So if they can't afford a very expensive one-on-one program that they can then do an on-demand workshop or a group coaching program. So that's where both of us are in at the moment in our career transition. But that's also how uh, we differ. We um, have this corporate backbone. We're both solo entrepreneurs, but we have taken very different routes in creating our own career goals and preferred future for ourselves. At the end of our chat, Elena has a treat for all of us. She delivers a deliciously calming and relaxing 10-minute full-body scan meditation, which she says is a great way to reset and is a small version of what she delivers through her membership services. I love this combination of bringing to the Job Hunting Podcast professionals like Ilana who are focusing on well-being, mindfulness, and things like kinesiology, which not only I I knew nothing about, but I think is important for people that are in between jobs and in transition, or even have you're not you you, you must you know you could be um, very well and truly happy with your job, but the corporate lifestyle does take a toll on our health and well being, and getting to know how you can build better habits and um, a more balanced lifestyle is very good for all of us. I hope you enjoy this podcast and I'll touch base with you after the meditation. What happened a few weeks ago was that you interviewed me for your podcast and now I'm interviewing you for my podcast and your podcast focuses on health and well-being. And my podcast focuses on career advancement, job hunting. And there is definitely a synergy there. So we found, you know, that we could do two interviews and still have loads to talk about in the future. Absolutely. <laughs> We're definitely not going to exhaust things today. But I always like to start my interviews by asking my guests to tell me about their careers. And your career has the OG of all career transitions I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So let's yes. talk about that uh, tipping point and well, tell me about how you decided on what you were going to do at uni, I, I assume, and then what happened after that. Okay, so high school had no idea really what I wanted to do. Like I was already back then into like I'd seen naturopaths as a child because I'd had, you know, allergies and I was always interested in food because I had a lot of um I suppose, immune issues. You know, I used to get sick quite regularly. So I was always fascinated by this stuff. But in high school, I was like, I don't know what I want to do. Love numbers. I'm going to do accounting. (laughs) So for 12 years, I was an accountant. So actually out of high school, I didn't go straight into university. I got a, um, which I love this story because it just shows that you don't necessarily always have to go to university straight away to do what you want to do, is I ended up with a admin apprenticeship or traineeship um, I'm from Gippsland and there's power station there's a lot of power stations down in Gippsland and I got a, a um, I got an interview for an admin traineeship and my mum was like if you get your foot in the door there you know lots of things are going to open up for you but you yes. know being 18 no 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 I just want to go to uni so I got it 
And mum was like, just defer, you know, just go and get some work experience and just defer. So that's what I did. And um, turns out I told them first, the first thing I said in the interview was I want to be an accountant. Like I went in and said that. And so they knew, I suppose, which is probably why they ended up hiring me, that I had ambition and I wanted to do things and I wanted to grow and I wanted to learn. And um, and that's kind of what I did. So I ended up studying part-time for nine years and working full-time. Right. Yeah. So I did my degree part-time. I did CPA, obviously, is part-time anyway, really. Um yeah, and so I kind of went through, stayed with the same company the entire time, although AGL bought us out. It was Wayang Power and now it's owned by AGL. Um, so we went through actually a couple of owners uh, went while I was at Luoyang. And, um, yeah, I still love numbers. I am fanatical about spreadsheets. I do my own bookkeeping. Um, I, this is I, excellent I, now that you're a solo entrepreneur, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> Yes. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Hadn't thought of that. <laughs> because you still have to do all those things anyway. Of course. Um, so I got to age 30 or actually mm-hmm. probably a year and a half before I turned 30. I had already started. I'd started seeing a kinesiologist because I had a sore ankle and it wouldn't heal. And I said, you're going to have to have surgery. I've had, had cortisone injections, which I really didn't love. So I went and saw this chiropractor who is an applied kinesiologist. Um, he's actually in Bayside, Melbourne, okay. <laughs> well, Bayside, uh, and also in Carlton. And he was like, you don't need to have surgery. And through chiropractic and his muscle testing and, you know, a few supplements and me also then seeing a holistic kinesiologist as well because he mainly focuses on physical body, it went away. Mm-hmm. The body literally can heal itself. A lot of my stuff was um, emotional stuff that I hadn't dealt with from my past. My parents had also gone through it a divorce a couple of years earlier, which I kind of knew was coming, so it didn't really impact me, but I was the meat in the middle between the two. Um, you know, I'd moved to Melbourne. I, was dan- I, I do Latin dancing, so I, I was dancing all the time. I basically fried and burnt out. Well, Latin dancing can kill your knees and your feet. I know that because I also used to do flamenco. It's terrible. Yeah, so yeah. it was my neck and back because I did um, mainly <sighs> Zuclambada, which is Brazilian, and they it's a lot of like twisting and. I am so Brazilian getting, and I don't do that. <laughs> no, it was a lot it's of like very hard. <laughs> yeah, like quite sensual, like yes. you know, and also there was still like salsa and bachata, which isn't quite so bad but Mm. you know we would go partying you know they all start at 10 11 o'clock at night and you're dancing until three or four in the morning plus you know working in corporate as a lot of your listeners would know you sometimes don't get to choose your hours yes you know it sometimes can be and I was used to getting up at 7 a 7 30 and being on site so I'd still be in the office like eight but sometimes you'd still be in the office six seven eight you know, if it was forecast season or budgeting or whatever it is, what we're doing, because I was a finance analyst, mm-hmm. you were, you had to stay. So yeah. I just, I think I just, years of studying and pushing myself and pushing myself and not taking, I had so much annual leave. I had so many RDOs banked up that I didn't really take because I was a yes person at work and a very responsible at work and a bit of a people pleaser and always wanting to help 
which is obviously one of my leadership skills, but not at the not to the point where it was detrimental to my health. So I fell in a heap at age 30 with chronic fatigue um, and later found out like Lyme-like autoimmune disease. So I basically had 12 over just over 12 and a half months off and I had already I in that time started sort of dabbling with kinesiology and I was like I think this is what I want to do because it, it was part of basically my healing journey yeah among other things like I saw a naturopath and I um you know, I was working with an acupuncturist and I think I even saw a psychologist for a little while as well. But kinesiology was that one core thing that just really helped me to shift my mindset and my perspective and um, shift some of these old sort of past things that I hadn't dealt with. And, yeah, now I'm a kinesiologist, yoga and meditation teacher. <laughs> that does accounting on the side to keep her business running. <laughs> yes, that I do. And in yeah. between all of the transitioning things, my partner and I also had a, um, a cafe in Fitzroy. So I <gasps> had, we kind of had a stepping stone into small business because, yeah, I was petrified. I thought I would be in corporate forever because that's just what I knew. And I was a bit scared to tell you the truth to go and start my own business. But that got pushed when my partner wanted to start the cafe. Let's talk about that. Because I'm, I run a group coaching program, it's called the job hunting made simple. And part of the first week's exercise is to really delve deep into what you want to do long term, trying to identify uh, those long term dreams and goals, aspirations that people when they're in the rat race, they don't think about it sometimes take what you had, you know, a breakthrough, you know, a, a circuit breaker to take you out of uh, your comfort zone and, and allow yourself the time to think, what is it that I actually want to do? And you had the opportunity to do that. Um, and one of the um, professionals that's doing the program with me now, I, I'm running it now, said, oh, I've just done the first week's exercise and I feel like I want to have my own business. And we've been discussing that and we, we treat that as a group question and in case anybody else has that those same feelings. But having your own business can be very surprisingly hard. I mean, you have this benefit of being an accountant, which a lot of people would find incredibly difficult to do because if you're in love with, let's say, kinesiology or yoga or um, skincare or anything. It could be even um, to do with your own um, expertise in the corporate sector that you now want to sell as a consultancy or contracting service and hire out. You still have to do sales and marketing and business development and set up a, a micro uh, version of what you see in the corporate sector that you usually delegate to other departments and now you're doing it all yourself. How did you make that transition, Ilana? I, for, for a lot of, I, I will say the last sort of 12 months, I have learned a lot. I think I fumbled my way through, to tell you the truth. Like I literally just... You know, it was about four years ago I started and, you know, you have your Instagram account and you have your um, Facebook account and I started running what is kinesiology-free events to get clients 
and I did work with a coach for the first, I suppose, year a little bit, sort of sort of um, looking at emails and email systems and a little bit with funnels and stuff, but I didn't actually really do a lot of that, which I wish now in hindsight I had have really <laughs> done that. But I kind of just like one foot in front of the other for me. Um, and I do really recommend like if you are starting a business, find yourself a coach. They will save you time, effort and money and basically give you the go-to and the how-tos to start the business or, or do a course, probably something similar, um, you know, starting a business course. But for me, I obviously was doing kinesiology as well, but I kind of just was, I just got pushed and pulled in different areas. The other thing I would say is quite early I, I um, was in some women's networking groups and that really helped me too because when you start your business, like I basically a one-woman show. Mm -hmm. I've recently got some virtual assistants help with a few little things which I'm going to slowly offload some stuff because you get to a point where you can't you can't be the bookkeeper and the marketing director and the <laughs> sale like it, it gets it gets consuming yes. um and there's only so and it takes you away from what you love so for you it might be seeing your one-to-one -one coaches or being in your coaching program but then you've got to do all these other things after hours as well so mm -hmm. I think for me I literally just kind of took one day at a time um but I did have assistance and I think that's the key is don't try and do it on your own because you'll end up burning out and I have had moments in the last four years of being like I'm going down old you know I'm going down that old path again yeah and I had to kind of I know the signs now but I've had yeah. to kind of pull myself out but yeah I would say find your mentor or find a coach you know, find some women's business networking groups, maybe do a course, for instance, um, and just let go a little bit of those expectations and the pressure because we feel like quite often when we have a business that we have to have it all done today. Yep. And I even have, have to do that now and you're probably similar. <laughs> yes. So, do, Ilana, I have a, a couple of follow-up questions, but before I ask them, do you have any uh, groups or courses that you can recommend? I can think of a, a few, but I'd like to hear yours too. Yeah, so I'm in a business group called She Will Shine. It's oh, mainly, okay. um, I suppose, Melbourne-based. There's mm -hmm. another one, Bayside Women in Business, that I'm also with as well. Um, there's a couple more that are Australian-wide. I'm trying to think oh, off the top of my head. Oh, if you remember, we can add to the episode yeah, show notes. Um, because yeah, I so can think of, um, I like, um, uh, apologies for my French, the bitches that drink uh, wine one. Uh, yeah, that's <laughs> the, yeah, the like-minded. Like-minded bitches drinking wine. I have yeah. recently found that there is another one that it has a very similar name, but they're not bitches. So they're like okay. like-minded non-bitches <laughs> drinking wine. So if you have um, a problem with the name, you can try that one. I just have too many groups at the moment. There's that also Angela Henderson's Women's Collaborative that has a lot. Oh. She has a lot. And she has a program that's the 12 pillars of uh -huh. business, the, like the 12 profit pillars. So basically setting you up 
Mm-hmm. That's a great one to actually do if you're new to business. Okay. Um, her course. I... You're basically looking at all these little facets of, you know, having oh. um, a profitable business from the start. I, I used to be a member of Business Chicks. I haven't renewed oh, it yes. because I I just have too many things going on. I like the um, Mamma Mia platform. They have the ladies oh, startups yes. Yes. and they have some very inexpensive new courses that Mia Freeman is putting together. I'm not sure about the quality, but I, I trust her. Um, and the Mamma Mia Out Louders group, even though it's not business related, sometimes they do have business posts in there that I like. Yeah. I did B school with Mary yeah, Folio. Gonna say if we're gonna it's go globally. In, it's a big investment and <laughs> yes. I do it every because it's such a big investment, I tend I've done it this is the third year that I'm doing it because you can do it every year with her. Oh, beautiful. And I like doing that just to see the updates, you know. Yeah, and, the refresher. Yeah, yeah, a refresher. And I think the same with Angela's is you basically got it for life. Yeah, correct. So if she adds, yeah. Any, adds any extra content then. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm I'm very keen to make the job hunting made simple, be like that so that you yeah. can come back and do it for life. I find that people might sign up for job hunting made simple when they're – really at the thick of it, thinking very much at the short-term need of getting a job, of getting that promotion. And the framework that I have is, is I always say this to people, you have to think long-term and the, the, play the long game and the short game, the long yeah. game. So it might be that it needs you to do it a second time yes, for you to really be able to connect with that long-term thinking when you're not so in survival mode. So I've noticed that by doing B-School a second and a third time. So I want the job hunting made simple to be like that. And because of the work I do with private clients who, you know, throughout placement or they find me, um, they have a redundancy package and they say, okay, maybe it's the time to consider having my own thing or having a portfolio career I tend to do that coaching as well so it's actually that all the things that I'm learning for my own business I can actually transition to someone else and I have a few clients uh, going through uh, that at the moment some have products some have services and it's really exciting even though you know that's not how I position myself out in the market it's well, really good. I'm very similar so obviously yeah. I'm a kinesiologist and people come to me for whether it's you know shifting blocks in their business or shifting mm-hmm. blocks in their mindset or their emotions or their fears around money or new clients I'm starting to do similar like you starting to get clients who well I'm, you know, I'm starting to launch this business and then they start asking you questions and you just naturally are sort of mentoring. <laughs> oh, it's so good because, uh, you know, I have a, a client and she's like, oh, I'm so glad, you know, with all the information that you're giving me. And I'm like, and I'm so glad I can dump that information on you because otherwise, what am I going to do with all of these information? And yeah. these things, I am assuming more and more a year or two from now, it will be outdated, you know, because the way that we market ourselves is changing every single day. But talking about the fear um, to do with financials, Ilana, um, did you, before you set up uh, this new trajectory for your career, and this doesn't necessarily need to be about having a business. I think every big career transition would require this, you know, some sort of financial runway that allows you the breathing time to actually start earning money in your next 
career. Did you plan that or did you, again, just well, went with the flow? <laughs> it was sort of planned, sort of not. So obviously mm-hmm. um, I had a bit of a break because I obviously wasn't well, but um, I, because I had so much annual leave, I was thinking about that. Okay. Yeah. Like I got a payout mm. because I had so much annual leave. Um, and I also didn't start my business full-time straight away. I actually went back and um, was working in a an accounting firm part-time when I went back to work. Yeah. Um, and... Then I actually st- worked for a um, food company that did sort of like health food. Um, mm-hmm. So that's kind of a six months. I started with one company, but they weren't the right fit. And so I found another company that was health related because obviously that's what I was starting to do with my one-to-ones. Um, and within six months of that, I was like, no, this is taking off now. I don't have the energy to work part-time business, part-time for someone else. So, yeah, I took the leap of faith then. But it it was a transition. Yes. So I had a little bit of money obviously behind me because of the payout with annual leave. But then I didn't, and I'm, um, because I work in finance, I'm I'm probably, I don't like to take too many risks. (laughs) Yes. I'm I'm a migrant. I don't like to take any risks. Yeah, and I'm a a Taurus, so I like to be grounded and I like to have stability and safety, uh, a safety net. So, and I I think for a lot of people, if they're looking to start a business, like make the transition easy. Don't put the pressure on yourself and go cold turkey if that's, you know, for some people that's great. They have that personality and they just thrive on taking yes. risks but if you're not like take it easy like take it easy like start yes. your business and do a little bit of you know behind hours you know or taking four days a week or then three days a week you know then two in your business yes um, I totally agree off. because running your own yeah. business is it's stress like it can be it can be quite stressful and yes yes and the burnout and the burnout from the corporate sector usually triggers people to make those very sort of harsh decisions and and the circuit breakers and put themselves in a situation where they find themselves again in 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 what is actually even more stressful situation so i i have a short program i'll put the link in the show notes it's my um, short course called reset your career to yeah. help people go through that because so many times people do the 30 minute free call with me and they're like I'm going to resign tomorrow but somebody told me I have to give you a call first <laughs> yes like, because well, you're going somebody to is very wise friend Create of yours <laughs> a plan before you because yeah yes. I, I'm yes. then they come and see me because they're yes. emotionally like distraught yeah, yeah and they're panicky and you know right. and you have to work through all the limiting beliefs and sabotages and the money fears and all of that because they've gone and just taken this massive leap of faith yes so you know in some if you're not going to do the reset your career program which i totally recommend you go check you should not make a decision uh an important decision like that uh uh in 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 that sort of emotional state plus if you are really uh if you really want to leave your job the best thing that you want is to stay in your job unless unless 
and this is a good time to say this because of everything that's going on in Australia at the moment in regards to women and sexual misconduct in the, the workplace, unless you feel unsafe, in which case, yes, leave. But if you can stay, you at least have money to support your transition, to support paying for a coach, to support, you know, yes. validating your idea. Yeah. Finding um, that, that money after you leave is much, much harder, right? Well, and also starting a business, people think, oh, you know, I have this great product or I have this great service, um, which they probably do, but there's a lot financially to invest in when you start when yes. you start your business that a lot of yes. people don't think about the hidden costs. So if you can work and do the part-time thing and then eventually when your business starts making you money, you can mm-hmm. quit. It, it can be a lot smoother and stress-free transition. <laughs> yeah. You know what? Another good program that is absolutely free and most times I believe uh, very easy to enroll and do is the um, incubator validator programs that universities offer. Yeah. I know that you and I are Monash alumnus and the Monash alumni and Monash offers um, a validator program that you can do every year. You can do it over and over again. And it's like I think five or six weeks and it's really good if you have a business idea and you're not sure if it's going to work or not. I totally recommend if you are a Monash alum to go check it out and if you have a degree from any other university or you have um, incubators near you that are run by councils, go check them out because they could definitely help you um, make a decision about your business model and if it's going to be, you know, the chances of success, if it's going to be successful or not. Yeah, and I was going to say, like, check out the government websites Mm -hmm. because they all offer free, quite often, short programs or a lot of information around running businesses. So Now... Let's move on to talk about what kinesiology and everything else actually is, because I'm interested in that. And I'm also interested in the overarching need of corporate professionals, professionals that are white collar workers like me. So this is what happened yesterday, right? I'll tell you my day. I, I, and most people now working from home, um, in the kind of corporate sector, even though I have my own business, I corp- I work with corporate clients. I get up, I have a very quick breakfast. I'm here in my office by 8.30, 9 the latest, and I'm sitting down all day. And sometimes it goes really well. And sometimes something stressful happens, like something went wrong in the morning. And I just had to get it done before I left and it meant that I was here until very very late at night or should I say early in the morning fixing that problem because it just had to be done as you said you know you don't really control your hours and you have people that depend on you 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 have to get it ready for the next stage and then you over the wall it to another department to take care of it or you need to deliver a report or whatever that sitting down and not paying attention to the messages that your body is sending you, you just lose touch with your instincts, don't you? It's just like you're operating at brain level only. So I wake up this morning and my hand is so sore from typing, you know, this part of my hand. And of course, I have a bit of a 
a headache from not sleeping well. So it's really the next day that I know the damage I did <laughs> the day Friday. <laughs> and I guess that, that a lot of people will feel like that, especially after a pandemic. And there's different types of stresses that we're not used to. We feel like because we're home, it's easier. But in a way, it can be also much harder for the isolation, the lack of uh, social interaction, extra work you have to do if you have family and kids. How can paying attention in, in things like kinesiology, hiking, yoga, meditation help you? Yeah, so I'll start with kinesiology and okay. we'll work our way through. Okay. So kinesiology is basically a healing modality um, where we use muscle testing, um, where either if I'm if the person's in my, in my clinic, I use their hand as to muscle test, and if it's an online session, I obviously muscle test for them. But it's a way of tapping into the body to say, okay, so if we have anxiety, or I've got a sore hand, or um, I'm fearful about this interview coming up, or changing jobs, would I really want to? What is the block that's stopping us from being our full potential? Or what is the block that's causing this emotional upset or this physical upset in, in our lives? Because our body is basically a biofeedback system. It's trying to come back to this harmony and equilibrium all the time. And so when it's out of balance and we can't figure out why or why we're not sleeping, for instance, or why we're getting upset digestion, our digestive systems, um, Kinesiology basically goes and finds out, well, what is really, what's going on? Because the body remembers every single thing that's ever happened to you from conception to today. It remembers everything. So we basically just tapping into your energy field, tapping into your body and saying, okay, lovely body, what is it that we need to bring this back into a sense of harmony or better? Um, and so that's kind of what kinesiology is. So, and for a lot of us, we've lost that intuition we've is, lost that can ability. i ask a question that i just thought of is yeah. kinesiology the same as body talk a little bit okay is body talk a different it, area of of study it is a little bit but ah, okay. with kinesiology um i think body talk is something you can kind of learn to do yourself okay. a little bit more um mm. whereas kinesiology we're actually asking the physical, like we're actually, you've got a practitioner asking the body what's going on. Right. Um, but I suppose a similar sort of concept, if that makes sense. Yeah, so we've lost this touch of intuition. And so what the, through kinesiology, we're basically going into the subconscious and saying what is going on because quite often we're not conscious of what's going on. Sometimes we are and I get a lot of clients that come in here and they're like, oh, yeah. I know what's going on. Or they come in and they're like, this is what's going on, Alana. Help me because I can't shift that pattern or that, you know, can't say no or I really need to have boundaries around my home, my work home balance, especially with people working from home, but I'm not able to do that. So we figure out, well, what, what's going on so that they can make sure that every two hours they get up from their desk and they eat their lunch at lunchtime and take a break or they go for a walk in the middle of their day or the afternoon rather than just being here typing or whatever it might be. So, yeah, that's kind of what kinesiology is. And I feel like for 
a lot of people, we, we've just, especially like with COVID and the pandemic, a lot of people are still stuck in that fight, flight, freeze mode. They're just in go mode. Um, and this especially happens when there's deadlines, obviously. And they've just gotten into the habit, I think, of going into their office at home and not taking that self-care as seriously as they probably maybe had of if they were out in or had, were going to their office because they were then forced to leave their house or they'd walk past the gym or it was at work, for instance. It was part of the routine. I feel like a lot of people through COVID had lost their routine and rituals a little bit. Yes. And the self-care slipped. Um, or they just got so overwhelmed with emotion and the like thoughts and limiting beliefs and the fear factor that that was driving them. And what happens when we get into that high cortisol state, that fight flight state is we don't think properly. Mm. The tools that we usually would go to when perhaps we are feeling stressed, um, we forget quite often yes. <laughs> because we're trying to survive all the time. I'm glad you're mentioning that in particular in this podcast, because a lot of people listening have lost their jobs and they are in survival mode um, or they're feeling very fearful for their careers. I have clients that haven't really lost their jobs yet, but they can see it coming yeah. or they uh, have reached an age where they you know, feel that a, a career transition is overdue. So that anxiety and stress can really cloud your judgment and they may be incredibly prepared um, but when they reach the point where they go for an interview that stress overflows yes which is then why making sure that you have healthy boundaries with your um, you know with your work for instance and these self-care practices like meditation and yoga and even just general things like walking like it's been, you know, research that walking is like one of the easiest and simplest, freest things we have available to us mm -hmm. that helps with, you know, depressive tendencies and anxiety and overwhelm. And especially if you do it first thing in the morning because it gets your circadian rhythms going. So your body clock is back in check, which then helps you to sleep. Um, but a lot of people when you, well, and, it, you know, I've done it even myself, when you do really get in these high sort of stress, fearful states, you, you go into shutdown and yeah. then self-care quite often comes last because you are just stuck in the survival mode. But it's remembering that these tools and techniques are there to help you thrive in times of survival mm. rather than feel like you're not coping yeah. and allowing the emotional sort of um, the emotions to take over because really emotions are just energy demanding motion. They're just wanting to be felt and seen and heard. And if they're not, that's when they keep banging on your door. <laughs> yeah. So for somebody who doesn't have a practice yet uh, or has fallen off the wagon uh, with their practice, they may have tried. Uh, it, it's hard to keep going if you don't have the self-discipline yeah. and most people don't. What do you recommend people do to maintain a routine where you incorporate uh, the well-being into your daily life? So I usually start with committing to a time of day. It's always kind of my, like, are you a morning person? 
or are you an evening person? So working with what suits you and your lifestyle best because I'm a morning person. Mm -hmm. So there's no way I will very rarely, unless I can't sleep, will meditate at nighttime because I, I don't need it. But first thing in the morning, because I can quite often be sometimes anxious, I'm a morning person, so my morning routine always happens in the morning. But you might be a lunchtime person where you want to take that space at lunchtime for yourself. So I think the first thing I would say is find out when it's going to fit into your schedule. And then I suppose the second thing would be actually committing to it. Because it's one thing to put it in the diary, but it's another thing to take action and actually do it. It's almost allowing it to become a non-negotiable. And if it's something like meditation, for instance, and you have never, or you, because there's a lot of people that say, I can't meditate. <laughs> you know, meditation's not for me. Meditation is not about having no thoughts or quieting the mind. It's about just being present. We quite often also, when we're getting these higher sort of stress states, we're so far out worrying about the future or in the past that we just forget to be here. What can I do today that's going to help me? You know, waking up in the morning and saying, how do I feel today? What's my energy levels? What do I need? And then that going and doing something that's going to help them today and less about the future or the past. So meditation is a great way to come back to today. And if you're starting, I would say find, you know, start with five minutes. You know, even five minutes of meditation can have a huge impact on your productivity and your mindset and your emotional well-being um, and your sleep too and build up. And then finding things like a guided meditation. I started with guided meditation. Mm. Um, so it could be a visualisation or something like yoga nidra meditation, which I teach a lot of, um, which is great for helping people to sleep and get into that those very restful or rest and digest phase, so out of the fight and flight and into the rest and digest. If, if you do feel like your nervous system is wired or you're feeling burnt out as well, you know, there's chakra meditations and sound healing and, oh, there's so many mantra meditations. There's so many guided meditations. But I would say start with a guided meditation if you're new to meditation. Figure out when you're going to do it. Um, and you might even, especially if you're working from home, like figure out do you want to do it in your bedroom? Or is it going to be in your office or maybe you're going to try and do it outside because then you don't have to think about it. It's like, all right, so it's lunchtime. I'm going to go do my meditation. You just go to that place. Otherwise, sometimes I think people sabotage themselves because they're like, well, I don't have anywhere to meditate. Yeah. You literally can meditate on the train yes, or yes. in the car but before an appointment. It doesn't have to be a big thing. It's just making the space to quiet the mind. <laughs> Um, one of the traps that I fell into and I'm slowly trying to move away from now is going for walks that I thought would have very healthy for me, very long walks. I, I like to go for long walks, but then listening to bloody long podcasts. At I was going to say, time. please don't say, and this is, I, I get so many clients that come to me and be like, oh, I walk. I'm like, do you walk with nothing in your ears? Uh-uh. Yeah. I'm like, well, then you're not switching off. No, no. So I walk in the morning because my routine is I get up, I do five or ten minutes of meditation. I have a little gratitude thing. I wrote, I write a couple of things down that I'm grateful for. And then I usually do yoga or I go for a half an hour walk. So that's kind of my generalized. I do not start my day without that 
I'm not a successful business owner or partner um, unless I give to me first thing in the morning. Um, and so, yes, but walking, I never listen to anything. Yeah. I want to um, give a, um, a, a, a sort of an in-young response to that. I do have a morning routine as well, but I very recently added um, an evening routine for me, and I've been mentioning this on previous podcasts that I, I'm, I'm, my, my struggle has always been the evening because I have trouble sleeping and falling asleep because of the busyness of my work and yeah. I'm, me thinking about work before I go to bed. And you know what has been a game changer for me? Doing an inverted position before going to bed. Now, yes. I have no idea why. Yes, and this. I'll tell you why. Yeah, and I do recommend this too for... I have a membership called Align Living, which is really about it has yoga and meditation and right. we think about women's health and well-being and we work a lot with the menstrual cycle and we have women's circles. And it really, in, in the meditation, it's about aligning your life to um, what you're needing. Right. Um, but in terms of inversions, going back to your question. Explain to listeners what inversions are and then so, explain to me why it works. <laughs> I don't know why it works. Well, inversions are basically quite often it means that, you know, the body, you're not standing up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so your head is forward or your legs are up. So, um, yeah, thinking like you're upside down almost, but in a very safe um, in a safe way, in a safe space. So legs up the wall is usually one I give to clients who can't sleep or a forward fold because what it does is it takes all of your lovely little thoughts about your business for you, for instance, and you're kind of taking them and you're saying, okay, it's time to release them. So folding forward helps to get you because your head is no longer upright. Your head is actually right. down in your legs, closer to the ground. Because the ground is grounding. Yeah. It helps to center you. And if you're doing something like legs up the wall, legs up the wall helps to calm the nervous system out of fight and flight into rest and digest. It calms the nervous system. When you can't sleep, quite often it is because your nervous system is wired or your brain is on. Inversions, quite often, depending on the inversion, is about calming the system, coming back to that inner sort of stillness a little bit more and they are fantastic for people who cannot sleep depending on the inversion so as I said a forward fold can be great and also legs up the wall for that um that's amazing I don't think I I just I just has to do with the nervous it was a fluke I don't think I read it anywhere it was just I did it once and I'm like oh I slept so well last night let's do it again and I just kept on doing it it's been a couple of months now we have a, a weekly rest and relax class in the membership for that reason because women do not take enough time to switch off. Most women are living in a fight-flight response. We not only work full-time now, we are the sole carers mostly of our children. We quite often are looking after households. Some women even with finances, like we have a lot of responsibility. And so my Align Living membership is about giving you more of the energy and teaching you to take these pauses and micro breaks in your day um, so that you can recharge enough to give not only to yourself but also to your work and your loved ones because 
I am a class. I was a classic burnout case. Yeah. And so now it's. I'm really passionate about teaching women to look after themselves, not just every now and then on a regular basis. Okay, so we have a weekly rest and relax class. Which we're going to add a link to the membership to the episode show notes. So if you're listening and you're a woman with a burnout or you're just curious, you can go there and, and learn and, and find Alana. How about we finish the podcast by doing a little short meditation? Yes, it will be great absolutely. for me because I really need it today. Yeah, well, you can go and lie on the ground. <laughs> really? <laughs> yes, you can. Oh, okay. And if you I are listening it. to this, please don't listen to this part while you're driving a car. Okay, okay. So if you're <laughs> listening and you're driving, stop and come yes. back later, please, because we're stop going to do to this 10-minute body scan. Okay, all right. So I'm going to lie on the ground. Let me put my volume up before I lie on the ground. This is exciting. Yes. And if I, Elena, if I fall asleep, then you just... Um, show yourself off the zoom meeting okay let's do this you can begin now you yes. won't see me because i'm on the ground okay so i invite you now to if you can lie on the ground softly you can also do this in a chair that has a back so i want you to be really comfortable wherever you decide to be I want you to allow your body to connect with the chair, the back of the chair, or the ground, the earth beneath you. And I just want you to slowly invite you to just notice your belly and allowing the belly to soften and relax. This is an area of the body we often hold tension. So I want you to let that belly, let it go. Release the tension, let it hang out. And while we're just allowing the belly to soften, I just want you to start to notice your breath. That gentle rising and falling of your chest. And just allowing yourself to arrive here. Feeling the support and contact of the ground or the chair. And just allowing yourself to let go for the next you know, eight or nine minutes. Letting go of the to-dos and the responsibilities. And as you're breathing out, I just want you to release all holdings and tension. Any worries, any stresses. And just take three deep breaths. So we're going to breathe into the belly and expand and open through the chest. And take a deep exhale as you breathe out. And again, breathing it in. And letting it go. And one more, breathing in. And breathing it out. Softening through the neck and the shoulders. And I just invite you to think about when you get up later. 
how would you like to feel? So just going to set a tiny little intention for this meditation here. You might like to feel energised. You might like to feel calm or relaxed. You might like to feel focused or have clarity. Just find one word. I just want you to pop that into your little heart. And just relax as you're breathing. And then I slowly invite you to just draw your attention towards your, your little toes, all ten toes on your feet. Noticing the top of the feet. And then slowly starting to notice your ankles. Noticing your shins, the tops of the legs. Moving your awareness towards your knees. Feeling into your thighs. And noticing the hips the pelvis, as women, our womb space, that creativity centre. Noticing the navel and the upper abdomen. Noticing your chest, your heart space. And softly noticing pit of the throat, drawing your awareness towards your right shoulder, your right elbow and your right wrist, noticing your right thumb, index finger, middle finger, ring finger and middle finger. Noticing the palm of the right hand and the back of the right hand. Noticing the right wrist, the right elbow and the right shoulder. Coming back to the base of the throat. And then noticing the left shoulder. The left elbow. And the left wrist. Feeling into the left thumb. Index finger. Middle finger ring finger and little finger. Feeling the palm of the left hand and the back of the left hand. Noticing the left wrist, the left elbow and the left shoulder. 
Noticing the front of the neck. Feeling into and perhaps moving through the jaw. Noticing your lips. The nose. Being aware of both ears. Your eyes. The eyebrows, noticing the forehead, the top of the head, feeling the back of the head on the ground, the back of the neck, feeling into the tops of the shoulder blades, your middle back, your lower back, feeling into the buttocks, the backs of your hamstrings, the backs of the knees, feeling the calves, Noticing both heels softly resting against the earth. And the soles of the feet. And softly just feeling the whole body here. Resting, supported and relaxed on the ground. The whole body deeply relaxed, feeling into the sensations moving through your body here. And while you're breathing here, just want you to connect with the next five or six soft breaths. Breathing into your belly, and breathing out, feeling the gentle flow of breath moving through the mouth and through the nose. Breathing in the new energy, breathing out whatever is no longer serving. Being in the moment. And then when you're ready, I just invite you to slowly start to notice the body once again resting against the ground or against your chair. Perhaps noticing any sounds outside your environment. Maybe noticing the clock or some music or talking inside your environment. You might like to slowly wiggle the fingers and the toes. 
us coming back to a sense of consciousness again. Just feeling the toes wiggle, feeling the hands, the fingers moving. And I just want you to take a moment to just reflect or tune in to how you're feeling right here, right now in this moment. Noticing any shifts, any changes. And then coming back to your word and allowing that to be carried with you into the rest of your day. Knowing that if you are extremely comfortable, then you can stay where you are for as long as serves. Otherwise, you might like to slowly open your eyes. And when you're ready, you can make movements and go back into your day. Thank you so much, my friend. Namaste. Oh, namaste. It was my absolute pleasure. (laughs) Wow, I was so relaxed after finishing that. And I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. I think you can tell when you listen that I have a lot of fun with my guests. And I hope that uh, you have a wonderful time listening to this podcast and other episodes as well. Please remember to like this episode if your if your platform permits and subscribe to the job hunting podcast wherever you found us. Also, go to the episode show notes because uh, we have discussed a lot of um, and provided a lot of recommendations if you're interested in considering a change to um, having your own business or want to investigate what it would look like. I have provided all the links in the episode show notes so you can look into that or if you can't find it, you can go and find it on my website. It's www.renatabernardi.com and then find a podcast there and click to the episode show notes. Bye for now and I'll see you next time.